0: The Nightbird Radio Podcast. I'm Timothy Saylor, and I'm going to be your host this evening as we sound out the subconscious, navigate the nocturnal, and explore the farthest reaches of our experience. Coming at you from the back of an 86 Dodge Ram van on the rolling foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in the great forest, deep in the heart of the Kali Yuga. This is radio for the hauntological turn. This episode of the Nightbird Radio Podcast was brought to you by me. If you'd like to support the show and hear your name or a cryptic message in lieu of your name read at the top of the next episode, head to nightbirdpodcast.com and navigate to the Support the Show page. And remember to subscribe to this show wherever you listen to your podcasts and give me a five star rating. That helps a lot. I'm also on Instagram at Nightbird Podcast, on YouTube at Nightbird Podcast on Mastodon at TimSailor at Numenauts.club, and on Telegram at t.me slash Nightbird Radio. And welcome back, Nightbirds. It's great to have you back, and it's great to be back. This week I was joined by George Matthews. George is a filmmaker, rapper, and artist. We talked Conspiriology, David Icke, Spiritual Truths Couched in Conspiracy Myths, The Algorithm as Demiurge, The Fall, Gnostic Sophia, The Silmarillion, the nature of Christ, war on earth as it is in heaven, the cosmic impact of personal awakening, the greatest trick the Demiurge ever pulled, and the story of Nicholas Deke. We talked about video games, the relationship between games and divination, what it means when being black bagged by the government is the same as being abducted by aliens, and so much more. But without further introduction, let's get to the conversation. George Matthews. Welcome to the Nightbird Radio podcast. How Thank are you, you so doing? So much
1: for having me, Tim. Uh, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, smoking a little bit of weed here. Ready to, uh, you know, uh, have my consciousness expanded and maybe expand <laughs> another consciousness.
0: Sounds in great. Kind. So, yeah, man, do your thing. Well, before we hit record, so I had to quickly hit record because we were hitting a lot of good, a lot of good topics. Um but before right before we hit record, we were talking about the idea of conspiriology. Can you go over that real quick again? Um.
1: Yeah, so conspiriology is a a sort of loosely defined or uh, emerging term or field of study or like uh subgenre or sub practice within philosophy. It's based around uh, the the Delusian idea of schizology, which is this idea that uh, capitalism literally like makes you schizophrenic <laughs> in a way, um, and so sort of just entertaining these uh, ideas and seeing if they turn into a system. So conspiriology is is doing that same thing with conspiracy theories, and uh, you know, right before we started recording, I was talking about David Ike and uh the the whole you know reptilian anunnaki like larger uh sort of mythos i guess you could call it and how when i started digging into that stuff it was like you know i don't know if i literally believe that the power elite are you know uh reptiles or reptilian hybrids or things like that but when you start digging into the specifics of what ike was writing about in the in the 90s and stuff there's a lot of it and you know you got to discount this is sort of classic conspiracy theory shit at eventually uh it all it 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 takes a left turn that you, you sort of have to discount but this this basic idea that to me like having a billion dollars turns you into a fucking reptile uh like that i think there is a a deep spiritual truth to and there's these these things and these feelings that you can't quite put words to or put a voice to. And I think that that some of the, the less plausible conspiracy theory stuff still has a lot of value as a lens or a system through which you can make sense of an otherwise insane and senseless world.
0: Well put. Yeah. I um, One of the things I was uh, immediately struck by when you were talking about that was... I always had this idea of like, you know, we actually never stopped. um, You know, we have this idea that in our, our modern society in our civilized society, we don't um, practice human sacrifice or cannibalism, but we actually just do it in such an efficient way that the host is not killed. Uh, We just slowly extract the life force from them um, uh, over an entire lifespan. And so that, that metaphor of like the elites drinking blood like them being actual vampires you know uh to extend their own unnatural lives is like it's a great metaphor
1: and like stuff like that is like you're barely it's barely a metaphor right it's
0: barely a metaphor (laughs) it's like
1: it's like that the, the subtext is the text there you know because it's like they are they are extracting uh your life force and they are figuring out ways and that's that's all of it you know it's it's your depression it's your happiness it's uh, your your physical blood and sweat you know like um people selling plasma to get by and then you look up like oh well like where is that plasma going Right? right and it's 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 you know, major pharmaceutical companies. And those are the guys like those are the vampires that we're talking about. And so it's like they are literally sustaining themselves on on your fucking blood.
0: Yeah, it's not a stretch at all
1: on your on your essence, you know, and then if you want to talk about that in like a more uh, abstract or spiritual plane, you know, I think about this idea of like. Um, you know, what you were saying is like, like we make it like they've made it so efficient, you know, like it used to be, uh, uh, to, to go sort of into abstract metaphor space. Uh, it used to be that like, you know, you had a temple and at the top of that temple, you'd take a guy and you, you'd cut his throat and the blood would spill onto the altar and that would, uh, satisfy the gods, you know, and then it goes, Underground. So now instead of doing it in the public temple, you're doing it in, uh, the basement of a mansion, right? But now with the internet, it's like you can do that all the time. And I think about this idea yeah. of, so I've, I'm, I'm, I'm actually about a, to, uh, cross my metaphors here in a way that, um, maybe we do. edit it out and then, and then bring it back in a way where it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, but I think of this, uh, of, of, the internet and the algorithm, as like almost in a Gnostic sense, nice of I love it. of like so like you have this you have the Demiurge right, which is a a uh, an emanation of Pleroma from the Most High God who comes down and and he emanates on his own and and that makes it disordered. Right. And then we are, we are made in, in that image, right. In the image of God uh, of, of, you know, the false God. And so then, and so now us in our likeness have have emanated on our own and we've created uh, this, this other microcosmic universe, which is the internet. And then within that right now we have the algorithm and the algorithm is, is now creating its own thing another layer deeper to the point where like you have these algorithms that are like so advancedly trained to to on you know to once again vampirically feed on people's essence right your digital footprint like that is who you are the websites that you look at the things that you buy the things that you watch on the internet you know um like it it feeds on that and we don't even know how they work. Like you talk to the people that train these and they're like, I don't know. You just like, you just sort of futz with the the parameters and then feed it this energy and then it spits out, you know, something else. And the way that people talk about the algorithm and like including myself, you know, like we talk about it like it is a self-sufficient, unknowable thing like it's this it's it, it's a deity that we've created and is are now no longer in control of um
0: yeah we talked about so it's like as a persona
1: yeah 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 exactly and so it's like you know to me i'm like you know i couch i couch things in in uh pretty pretty classic uh christian terms for me so it's like uh you know the elites worship satan and uh now we've created this this o- our own miniature satan that we then are are like now cre- creating things to worship in the form of of you know the algorithm of yeah. just this thing this thing that then like feeds us what we need to to so it's like we we feed it's like the the parts of our of our essence, you know, like, like the vampires, they drink our blood, and then the parts of us that they can't drink, they figured out how to create something that can drink it, oh,
0: so that wow. that can
1: then spit stuff back to us, so that we can continue to bleed, so they can continue to drink that blood.
0: Nightbirds, I hope you've been enjoying the conversation so far, and there's more to come. But first, I have to ask that you support the show. As I'm sure you've noticed... There are no commercials on this show. There are no paywalls. You get everything up front. For there to be free dialogue, I think it must remain uncaged by the interests of advertisers. But Nightbird Radio does cost time and money to make. And your support means I can spend less time delivering pizza and more time doing this. That's a win-win. So that's why Nightbird Radio is a value-for-value podcast. I hope you found value in this show, but I can't and won't dictate how much. Only you can decide that. But what I can do is invite you to take that value, turn it into a number, and head to nightbirdpodcast.com, navigate to the Support the Show page, and donate. We're also listed on podcastindex.org, which means you're able to send Bitcoin via the Lightning Network using your favorite Podcasting 2.0 apps, which can be found at newpodcastapps.com. I also accept services and dry goods in trade. There are many forms in which value is stored, after all. Email me at tim at nightbirdpodcast.com for more information. Sponsors will get a special mention at the top of the show. Thank you for your generous support. Want to hang out with other nightbirds and soapheads? For only $5 a month, you can gain access to the Polytechnic of the Pneumonauts. A private discord server for artists, animists, and searchers that brings together the nightbird radio and soapbox podcast communities. Just click the link I've provided in the show notes to get started now. let's get back to the conversation. Oh man, that's some good shit right there. I mean, it's terrible, but it's very much so like and you're you're talking right up my alley, man. um, I think about this with um definitely with algorithms but also with these like ai generators that everyone's using right now man these like ai art generators and stuff i see that as like a um like so the art generator or the chat gpt like the answers that it's going to spit out to me are like the sugar that draws the fly into the pitcher plant you know so i'm getting this like short term uh reward for inputting data into this and I don't know if it's actually a real AI yet or if it will become one once it's you know convince us to build it in this reality basically
1: Yeah, you know I think about that shit too because we're like there's there's that one uh, Google engineer I guess ex-Google engineer who was like we made a real AI and then everyone sort of laughed him out of the room and I think that like I don't know if if he was right about it being a thinking machine that thinks in the way that we do, you know, but if you think about like, have I mean, you ever read like The Mote in God's Eye?
0: Um, that yeah, sounds really familiar.
1: Science fiction book about these like
0: huge
1: uh clouds of gas that are that are sentient, but sentient in a way that that we you know and i mean like huge like like uh some like galaxy sized right that are sentient in a way that we can't comprehend um and i think that like those like the the ai generators and the the advanced algorithms and all those things like i think that the it is a sort of they are the aliens yeah 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 like they are they
0: are That's alien Uh, contact. That is contact with intelligences from outside of whatever this is.
1: Yeah. And like the way, the way that we position that shit as, uh, you know, like these, these, cause like you think about it, like, I don't know, man, it's, it's math, right? Like that's ultimately all these things are is like math. And there's this, uh, uh, sort of classic, um, like, like stoned or on mushrooms philosophical thing that we've all gone down of like, is math created or discovered? Right. Like, those are like basic like rules and stuff. So it's like, I think about, about that. Like, if, if these things are just math, then there is a possibility that it's like, this is something that we are, uh, like it's an entity that we have discovered. You know, there's a great, uh, unproduced podcast by, um, or unproduced screenplay called Atopiary by Shane Carruth, who did like primer yeah. and upstream com- color and has, um, uh, you know, there's, there's, he, he, uh, seemingly went off, off the deep end. And, um, I guess sort of can't just like went out of his way to cancel himself. And we don't call it that out. anyway, this unproduced <laughs> screenplay, uh, is about an, an alien race who transmit themselves via just like abstract datum into earth. And then a group of obsessives compile that datum into data that is then used, or those datum into data that is then used to create these schematics, to build these machines that then become self-replicating. Wow. Wow. And so it just starts as, uh, you know, you start noticing synchronicities between like positions between the stars and the ways that things are on a certain type of seashell or uh, it starts with this guy who's trying to figure out how no matter how he tries to fudge the math for a civic project of like a, a dispatch for first responders. Uh, based on where all the car accidents happen in the city. And no matter how he tries to fudge the data to make his bosses happy, it always comes back to the same point in the city, the same intersection. So he keeps going to that intersection. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And there's just all these little things that lead him to this group of people that have already discovered this thing that he's learning about, you know? And so then those guys start to build, build these machines and the machines can build themselves and somehow that technology gets in the hands of a group of kids. And the way that it ends is by fast forward or like, like it, it pulls out, zooms out of Earth and goes across the universe. And you just see planet after planet after planet that are just completely consumed by these, these machines, you know, sort of like von Neumann machines. But the idea that this is sort of already there. You know, and and these algorithms, those in a way feel like the same thing. It's, you know, we've discovered this and and whether or not it'll end up physically manifesting itself, uh, I, I could not tell you, you know. But I wouldn't well. be surprised if, you know, 10, 20 million years down the line like this, these sort of uh, mathematical proofs have, have created something
0: uh i think it's already happening it's already been happening for a while i think that's what what this thing that we call civilization is like that's how empire came into this world um cuz that reminds me of like the Enochian stuff right and angels and and this idea you know when you look into the book of enoch that the that the angels taught the daughters of of humans how to work with metallurgy and astrology and all these things Mm-hmm. It's like so I feel like there has always been this interplay between um, human and spirit that's that's led to and I, I, evolution is the word I want to use, but maybe not quite that. But, you know, it is our evolution as a species, like there are certain technologies that I think have changed us forever, like speech or like the written word or the ability to work with metals um that you know you can see these overarching changes in like our biological being you know like we almost are symbiotic with these tools um so i think that's always been happening but i'm not going to put a value judgment on it either like i don't know that that's an incredibly good thing or a bad thing but i also think it is a It is a dangerous game. (laughs) Sure. Do you want to get in on the conversation? I've teamed up with Numenauts to offer you the opportunity to do just that. For only a dollar a month, you'll get access to Numenauts.club, a Mastodon server for animists and artists that brings together the Nightbird Radio and Soapbox Podcast communities. Just click the link that I've provided in the show description to get started. Now let's get back to the conversation.
1: You could think about uh, sort of the the Eve's eating of the apple as a, a metaphor, almost for for speech, right? Right. Like in terms of in terms of uh, like a physical and spiritual harmony. Um, the that that's that's sort of the undoing of it and you think about like there's 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 other things too like you you'd see like i don't i don't when i when i say that humanity is like an invasive species i don't i don't want that to be taken in like uh uh you know like a thomas legatti like hyper um pessimistic way you know like agent smith in at the end of the first matrix when he's doing- right I can smell them uh you know like i don't I don't mean it like that, but I think that there are like these these little things that that happen and and uh you know shift around that that create a a sort of a sort of disorder, and I think that you know for for humanity that's been. Uh, largely pretty successful like you were saying speech agriculture metallurgy um and you know and then with those things the development of uh like class systems and but also you know art and advanced thought and like
0: so very beautiful um, stuff
1: yeah 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 but it's like what is did like the fundamental thing behind those. I don't know. Like there's a, um, fuck. I wish I could remember her name. There's this, uh, woman that used to make, uh, really great noise music in Denver. And one of her, um, one of her, her songs, she would just scream over and over again. Art is Sophia. Art is Sophia. Art is Sophia. And I think that there's, you know, like if you want to take the, the Gnostic approach to that, I think that that's like, the thing, so it's like I wonder if if you know the 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 creation of art and if all those if all those beautiful things, like if if would would that sort of expression even be necessary?
0: Uh, yeah, well, if, it's that it's that idea that Sophia, in order to know herself and in order to you know, so you going back to what you were talking about about you know, emanating without your consort, you know, it Sophia's desire for knowing led to the creation of the demiurge and the archons and this world which you know in the gnostic sense is seen as like not a particularly good idea but at the same time it it's it is that dissonant it's like the um it always makes me think of the silmarillion man and like the dissonance of melkor like the dissonance that he brought into the music of the Ainur was Used by a Luvatar to make an even more beautiful song, and right? It, you know that's an old idea, right? Like that this, and and it comes back to the Christian mythos as well. But um, but yeah. So in order for Sophia to be raised up, um, back into her seat among the aeons and to be you know glorified and given her place, like she had to experience this. It's like the primal um hero's journey right
1: yeah yeah she had to go to the depths yeah 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 in order to in order to come back uh like not changed but whole yeah you know yeah well i really like that um that's crazy something about that too because i just uh uh i redid all the lord of the rings movies over the holidays oh nice which used to be a regular tradition for me and then i sort of fell out of it and i was coming back to watching those movies and i was like i gotta fucking reread the
0: silmarillion dude it's so good man i i read it before i read any of those books it was oh the wow. first one i read and so like i had all that good like backstory when i read them and it made them like I don't know. It, it, it enhanced it for me. Like, a lot of people aren't into it, but damn, I love that book.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I read it in high school when I read all the Tolkien stuff. Yeah. Me too. And, like, really, uh, I'm not going to lie, I mostly pretended to fuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a bit, but now, like, you know, so many years later, having read, I've read Beowulf a couple of times, like a few different translations. I've nice. read yeah, like, I love two Beowulf. different translations of the Eddas. Right. You sure. know, um, the song of Roland and all that stuff. And I think that coming back to the Silmarillion, which is like, you know, with the Silmarillion, he's more or less trying to do that.
0: He's doing Gnosticism. And like, I don't know that he knows he's doing that, but he is like, it's that thing where like the, the Gnosis is there because you have Melkor as like pretty much the driving force behind the creation of what is middle earth. Like, yeah, by his trying to fuck shit up. That's how it comes about.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's like I don't know, it's crazy too because he was he was like a devout Catholic, right? Right, right. Um and for him like The Lord of the Rings was never meant to be a Catholic allegory beyond the fact that it uses what he considers to be like Catholic moral values. Yeah. Um but you know, you see uh you see that in you see like that the Gnostic strain, I think, is really strong in, in Tolkien, but there's also like a pretty, I think, significant Gnostic strain in like the Narnia books. Oh, yeah. Um, and and you know, with the ways that like, uh, the and then and, and that's that to me is is you know, that that's obviously intended to be a Catholic allegory. Um, but you know, you like these ideas of like um like you've like the 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 this true world is is occulted or that like this this uh world has been abandoned or in some other way calamitized and like you could view both lord of the rings and uh most of narnia you know he he jumps around in time a fair bit there as like po- almost post apocalyptic stories
0: yeah totally totally i you love know, that
1: yeah.
0: Um I think we're living in a post apocalyptic story now, by the way. That's yeah. what
1: I was well that's what I was gonna say is that is that I think that when you think about uh you know, I have to let me get the numbers down here real yeah. quick. Yeah yeah. But uh two two million years or so ago, right? Is when the the earliest homogenous species uh came on came onto this earth and like ne- like that's such a blip Yeah, you know uh that you could you could see that that like or i guess like like the time since the written word is such a blip on the overall uh tract of humanity that you could you could sort of view and like i don't know you could view like the creation of empire as apocalypse right
0: absolutely man 100% and that i think else that's is... what it is because i think that there was a, a long time and you know especially if you like this is what christianity is really great for and dude when i was able to come back to christianity cuz i i said fuck that shit for a long time and like oh, went me too went to a lot of other places and ended up coming back to it from a different fresh angle mhm when I was able to see it for its archetypal and mythical significance, right? Like, okay. So if the, if the story of Adam and Eve in the garden is a, is itself an allegory, is itself a myth that's describing something that might've happened over thousands of years or something. um, If Eve was an entire civilization, you know, or, or i like the philip k dick idea of that being an initial event that echoed throughout history forever and ever and that every story mm-hmm. told is that um the mind i uh, uh, i think he says in valis um the mind does not wish to forget it's like this um and i think i'm i'm going on a tangent now but i think in his um valis cosmology it was like this initial um Experience of loss, like one of the divine zyzygy, um died or or was lost somehow, and that all of all of reality has just been echoing that. Anyway, so when but damn, where were we? When I was oh yeah, the Adam and Eve thing. So I think that there was you know in the in the Bible it's like a matter of days or something, or it doesn't tell the time that Adam and Eve are in the garden, man. But I think that that may describe like these thousands of years where we were living in good right relation with the earth where we and you know that's not to say that there was never any violence or you know to romanticize um anything really you know what i mean but like yeah 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 it's not to say that it was like necessarily even idyllic but we um i think that there was a long time where and i find this through ancestor work is but anyway, I'm going I'm going far off field right no, now. No, go, go far off. <laughs> I've just seen it, man, where like if you go b- far back enough with your ancestors, you find these ancestors that are like, dude, they're angelic. They're like, and maybe it's just a matter of how much time they were revered for, but it's almost like a, there's this depth of time at which we were living right and we are no longer living right.
1: right and and that that term of like right is sort of like i know exactly what you're talking about because it's like this idea that like there was like there was a time in which um you know like like prayer prayer was not was not needed right because we were in constant communion
0: Mm,
1: yes with with god and that and like when you think about like what that means and like what that what that looks like and and you know you look at like uh like the thing that i guess like the way the way that i can extrapolate that is through like looking at at you know the the lifestyles of of some of the most the most holy saints right yeah um or like some of the 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 beguine like i don't know if you've ever read anything by mechtild of of magdeburg
0: i have not
1: the divine but... light that flows from the godhead is a uh, a book of like early romantic prose poems and like uh, courtly courtly dialogues between different aspects of the spiritual self that that she wrote it's really fucking cool but like she says that she lived uh constantly uh with god and around god and with god in her and you know like there's there was a time where that happened to everyone all the time and like what that yeah. what that looks like like i don't think that looks like you know uh like you were saying like in like an idyllic world free from free from violence but but there there was there was a moment at which that that bond was was broken and that and that to me is is uh is like the biting of the apple and like what that
0: man i like that a lot i'm gonna have to read that um because i think that that's like i was having this conversation with mo actually uh that's michael simon for the listeners but about um like and the 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 subject that we were talking about in this sense was the spider the spider doesn't out itself the spider is in that flow the spider is in that constant communion or any animal you know what i mean yeah um maybe it's domestication that's partially what does this but any uh wild animal is is an easier one to look at right like the the wild animal is in that flow like the divine light flowing from the godhead like they're being their beingness at all times
1: yeah, there's actually something really interesting about that with um in regards to the question of like do dogs go to heaven, which is like I think like will will my pets go to heaven? Um is a question that a lot of like uh like like the pope has been asked that many times in like sort of like semi-fluff interviews, right? Cuz it's an interesting thing and it's something that a lot of like children want to know and like right now the official Catholic line on that is that um dogs like that dogs don't go to heaven, but that you're reunited with them anyway, with this idea that like a dog is already part of of God's creation in the same way that like a tree does not go to heaven. And that's not to like deny a dog their mental agency, but it's just to say that like the way in which animals are in the world is is in sort of like a a uh like a perfect harmony and a purity of purpose
0: the beingness of their their beingness is persistent like yeah they, yeah they i mean that's interesting man cuz when you were saying that it immediately made me think of like well it's like saints like you said it's like that's what a saint can do a saint retains their agency um after their death i think in the same way that you know a tree does <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 or uh, or a uh, uh, you know, a bird or a fish or like a uh, uh and that it's and that that they they are able to do that cuz they get there um on earth, right? In some way, in some way or another.
0: Um That's cool that That's the official line. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, that there's I mean there's there's uh there's like a little bit more, uh, couching than that on the official line of, you know, like in the same way that like when people are asked like, well, what if someone is really good and they, but they never heard of, of Christ, but they live their life in a, in a kind moral way, like, do they get to go to heaven? And that's considered like the, the, like, if you listen to the yearning of your spirit that is calling you to God, but there's no, uh, like education that can, that can get you to, to the Catholic church or whatever that you, you will still, uh, end up in paradise through that. And like, that's, that's also used to describe like how, uh, you know, a lot of the great, uh, men and thinkers before Christ were, were able to be saved, you know what I mean? Well, that, and that's sort of part of what, what he does when he descends to hell.
0: Yeah. Uh, he breaks the chains, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's um, a, that's a useful metaphor too, for like, Like yeah okay so there there's the that mythic really potent mythic image of him going to hell and like um using the keys to unlock the souls in Hades and all that, Mm -hmm. but I think that really like touches to the to the heart of like what Jesus does, and that's like that line the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven is within you it is that like that giving that direct link you know or like at least revealing it maybe even you know if i would go from a gnostic sense like the christ the christ reveals to me that which of me is already God's.
1: yeah absolutely um, yeah. And that's like, uh, again, like pretty in line with, you know, it's interesting because I think that a lot of, um, and I'm, I'm gonna, um, God, I'm probably going to butcher some of this because I'm not, you know, a theologian, but there's this podcast. I love Maybe I don't know. Maybe you've even heard of it called, uh, uh, the Lord of spirits.
0: No, I don't know it.
1: So it's these two uh, Orthodox priests and they uh, they're both Greek American Greek Orthodox and they their their whole thing is just like going really deep on the, the fucking uh like the the more esoteric shit that's in the Bible and being like, what does that actually look like to uh like to, to a Christian. Like, what is that? Like, like, what are, uh, like they have the, their episode on giants is like, can't miss shit. I'm
0: going to have to check them out for sure. as,
1: as well as like temporality. Like they have, you know, um, and, and it really like that, that show really like flipped my fucking gourd around, man. Like that's, if you take nothing else, uh, away from this conversation, Um, you know, and not to fucking plug them on on, on your show, you know, no, please, man. But um like they're so anyway, uh what what they talk about is this idea of like, you know, there's this there's this pretty common atheist line where where to to, uh you know the abrahamic religions of being like oh well uh you know i'm not an atheist i just believe in one less god than you oh yeah (laughs) and like that's not true because like here's the thing is like when passover happens right uh god comes down to judge the gods of egypt and that's not him judging whether or not they're like real or made up
0: right yeah, yeah, you know,
1: like those those gods are real, and he's he's judging, um, you know, if they are if they are uh, his servants or not, and if they're not, he you know, as the one true God uh, has the power and authority to uh, to conquer or destroy them, and like they, I mean, they go d- 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 way deeper on this show. I can't even remember uh, how we got on this, but
0: um well i don't know i don't remember how either but i like where we're going because i think that that's like sort of what i strive for man is like uh a gnostic polytheism is uh, like an uh, i would actually have to put animism in there too somewhere right like uh but i think that goes along with polytheism oh Uh, sure right uh but I always thought that as a kid, even when I, you know, when I was uh, in the church and really into it, um, why even have a commandment that says you should have no other gods before me? And dude, in the Old Testament, like, Baal is doing stuff. You know what I mean? And the servants yeah. of Baal are like battling with Elijah, and they're both doing magic.
1: Yeah. Well, that's so. That's the other thing that really blew my fucking mind is like when you think about early uh civilizations going to war with each other right and yeah. how important their spiritual beliefs were to them so it's like to them like your god of the of your city or whatever is like is you is your god of your city and when you conquer all other cities around you, right? Your God is also conquering all those other gods. Those two battles are the same battle. And the battle on the earth between the soldiers is determined by the victory of the battle of the God there. Oh man. Right? And so the thing the thing about, uh, you know, capital G God, the Lord Yahweh, right? Is that you can conquer the Hebrews and your God doesn't conquer their God because their God is greater. Their God is the is the true God. And like that is such a fundamental break from the way that everyone else thought about these things, right? So it's like you have your city's God. Obviously, you're always going to pay tribute to that God, right? But then you have to pay more tribute to the city that conquered you's God because your God is in service now to their God.
0: Interesting, man. I never and, thought about that.
1: And when you, when you conquer the Hebrew tribes, they're like, nope, <laughs> nope. Our God is the greatest God.
0: Yeah. That's like a and great, it's not that our ex- God is the exploit, only God and, and your
1: dog <laughs> doesn't, and your God, uh, doesn't exist, but our God does. It's that our God is the greatest God. And then it's like, and, and the thing is, is like, according to that same sense of cosmology, right. Um, you're like then maybe that's true <laughs>
0: like well, my argument you worship- too is that that makes gnosticism inevitable at some point that very conceit is going to eventually lead to not to a gnostic heresy
1: uh yeah no i i would completely agree with that um but like that just like understanding that really uh reframed the way that I think about how things, how things exist on, on the spiritual plane and that, and it it really like unabstracted it for me in a way that uh, I think both like deepened uh, my faith and my magical practice. And also like to bring it way back to the beginning of the episode uh, like that then becomes the, the, the lens through which you view uh, things like uh, satanic vampire elites.
0: Yeah. And geopolitics right? in general. Cause that's, I'm glad you brought it back to that. Cause I was going to go from there like, okay, if those warring cities, gods are also warring, then what ha- what is happening when the CIA wages a mind war against <laughs> like, you know what I mean? What's happening yeah. on the spiritual plane?
1: Yeah, well and so it's like I mean the 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 implications of that question uh like that that really is like I have to kind of stop myself because like that is the type of thing where I'm like how the fuck do I go like buy groceries if I like fully understand <laughs> the implic the implications of of that you know and this idea of like To again, bring it back to the beginning of the episode, you know, how does, how does that warfare between cities change if one of the cities, uh, has, has also, uh, built a God from scratch? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, because like, that's, that's the thing, right. Is that we have these, this, we have the internet, right. We have this lower emanation we have this this false world that we are now the demiurge of
0: right yeah
1: and we can we can draw upon that right to wage war here in this false world that is happening simultaneously with the wars being waged between gods on on the spiritual realm and like to really uh try to pick that apart i mean someone someone should someone should (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, it's, but I really don't want to. <laughs> well, it kind of breaks the game, man. And that's why I think we find ourselves in this time that we're in. And what's happening now is, well, one of the cities is my me. And one of the cities is you. And the war that's being waged is for me. And it is for you. And so here's my optimism coming through. My personal awakening and my spiritual quest therefore become of utmost and paramount importance in that spiritual um, story, in the story of what's unfolding in the realms of heaven and hell. Uh, What happens on earth now has become as important because those worlds are spilling together now in a way that uh, I don't know has happened in our recorded history. I'm sure maybe it's happened before. I'm a cycles guy, you know. Yeah. But like that makes my my awakening and my spiritual development like when I when I'm doing that it becomes a cosmic event.
1: Mhm. Well it's not, yeah, it's in every right. Um there's the uh I can't remember the band It's like an emo group that has a record called The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Oh, brand new?
0: I love that album, man.
1: (laughs) That is a great album, dude. You know, I always thought that album, I would see the album cover on uh, like Rate Your Music and shit all the time. And I was like, that's a badass name. That's a badass cover. And I'd always like you know I'll listen to it one day, listen to it one day, and then I finally listened to it, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> um, yeah, man. It was it I was, don't know what I was expecting. It but was, was
0: important like, to I, me when I was having my my break with Christianity initially, man. But, I'm uh, sure,
1: but and it just like that, that idea of like the devil and God are raging inside me, right? Yeah. Like the, the 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 battle the battle between the forces of God and the forces of Satan, right? Like that's the most important battle that could ever exist. Right. (laughs) And every, pretty much every sect of Christianity teaches that that battle is quite literally happening inside of you.
0: Yeah. There's a verse that says, um, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take hold of it. And there's also a verse that says, the kingdom of heaven is within you and both mm-hmm. of those things were said by jesus and so if you combine them that's what you're saying
1: yeah 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 and like you know the implications of that like as they as they pertain to to the minutia of your life you know i think i think there is like a lot of cause for for uh optimism in that right like uh, every time you make a decision that benefits your physical health, every time you make a decision uh, that benefits your mental health, every time you uh, beget kindness into the world, anytime that you stand up for for uh, what is right, or, you know, like you're, uh, you know, like something I think about a lot is that sometimes I'll give my weed man, uh, like ten dollars too many because i counted wrong this happens an embarrassing amount to me i'm just really bad at uh counting money he always he's always like oh you gave me five too many you know and it's like i probably i would i'd probably never notice but he does it every time every time i accidentally do it or every time he's like oh actually like this one is cheaper um that's just like that's part of that battle winning right
0: yeah all <laughs> time
1: every time you choose not to uh every time you choose not to like watch or read some shit on the internet that you just know is gonna uh piss you off
0: yes that's a big one you know that's, that's a big one
1: that's like that is that is god winning within you and every time god wins within you and god wins Everywhere above, you because know, those two cities like, are battling. Yeah. 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 And so you think about like, um, you know, and the way, the way that the, we start thinking about the way that like time works in the heavens and like the way that time works for God and that like, uh, you know, all of, all of this has already happened and is happening all the time um it it starts to i don't want to say it starts to break down but like that's that starts to be where like my upper limit of what i feel like genuine understanding uh can be
0: well and you know that's that's good and there's that um i think it's swang uh who said and ursula Le Guin named this book uh, that book after this quote and i might butcher it but let me try he says um to let understanding cease, to let understanding cease at what can be understood is a high attainment. Those who cannot do so are smashed upon the lathe of heaven. Hmm. I, I I probably mis misquoted it, but you get the gist, right?
1: Yeah. It's this yeah. This idea yeah. that,
0: like, well, dude, like, and dude, that's a great mercy to me because, like, whatever you think this is. I think it'd be hard to argue that I'm not, th- it would be hard to argue the fact that I am here to have a human experience. I am here to have a material experience. Like I am here as a human and I am here in the material. So, like, I don't have to understand those things. And this is, we can get into angels if you want, but this is something that an angel told me once is that you don't have to know everything. We already do. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Like Someone knows, someone sees, and someone is taking account. You don't have to burden yourself with all of it. Just be.
1: You know, I think that's a really common uh, refrain from angels, you know, both uh, through like my personally verified experiences, but also like sort of the, the quote that's most famously thought to, to, and I think inaccurately thought to reference the fact that, uh, you know, angels are, uh, quote unquote, crazy looking or whatever. Right. But the fact that, you know, every time an angel shows up in the Bible, the first thing they say is, be not afraid. And I think that, that that's s- sort of a misreading of that, because I think that it's the selling it short. Of be, is of be not afraid is sort of what you're saying, right? Is, yeah. It's like, be not afraid. There is like like see this as as proof of perfect knowledge right yeah i love guiding, that guiding guiding a guiding a path and like it's this and like i don't know i think of like hell as not you know it's not a, a a lake of fire with uh like spanish inquisition racks everywhere right. and stuff it's just oblivion right and so when when they say like be not afraid you like that's them being like, be not afraid you can end up here.
0: Yeah. And you go on
1: and you, and yeah. And like, and you know, we're, we're, we're coming to tell you, uh, you know, something else or like something to, to guide you on the path. Right.
0: Yeah. Which is interesting when you say, um, hell is oblivion because I think that actually using that logic, hell is being imposed on people now because it's like there's this force that wants people to think that that everything ends at death and that there's nothing after that it's this materialist idea right that i'm just atoms and that when i cease to be it will be nothing. dude that idea scared me yeah. so much that it led me into 13 years of like heavy drug addiction not just that obviously there were other factors at play but that was a big part of it
1: Totally, totally. What's well, this? And I think that, like, that's you know, to to go back to other uh, classic quotes. You know, the the greatest trick the devil ever pulled, right, is convincing the world he didn't exist. Right, convincing people that there is no uh, that there's that these you know, like these, because <clears throat> then you get into like that whole like thomas lagatti shit again of like oh we are like like uh this idea that like god is an aberrant chemical in your brain
0: right yeah yeah.
1: whatever or the the you know that's what the demiurge
0: wants you to think right
1: yeah exactly well that's the thing is they want like like that's that's the true like demiurgic thing is he wants you to believe that uh everything that has ever existed begins and ends with what he created. Right. And that and that, uh, anytime you feel otherwise, that that, that that is easily explainable within the parameters of, you know, and it's like, you, I, I'm not saying like, don't trust science, but I think that like, everyone has, a couple of moments in their life where something like genuinely supernatural happens or where you feel like, uh, uh, even just like feeling incredibly strongly about, uh, like a sunset or something. And there's, you know, uh, and to, to, to say to someone to that, that, that feeling is, is, just like a, a product of chemical reactions or whatever. And then to act as though those chemical reactions are somehow, uh, distinct from like the foundation, uh, like from, from your soul or that your soul, uh, does not exist. And that, and that these are all, uh, just chemical reactions and mathematical proofs. I feel like that, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm biased here, but I just I just can't believe that anyone uh, who's had those experiences in their life really in their deepest core mind
0: believes that. Right. And I don't think so either. Um, that's the thing that I do trust is experience. Um, I trust experience. Now, trusting what someone else told me, I'm going to have to lean on that a little bit you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. my experience to me that's the fundamental building block of reality is experience and i can't go wrong as long as i share my experience once i start getting into stuff i've never done or never had any experience with that's when i can that's when i can start to fuck up a little bit you know yeah Um, oh sure and and so i don't know where i was going with that but yeah i agree with you um yeah i think most people down deep know that that there is something but that's why i think the cognitive dissonance is so strong um there i think that's even more uh disorienting really because people know deep down that their loved ones are present even after they've died people feel that shit like i It's like telling someone that their dog doesn't have a soul. It's like going back to that thing, right? Like, well, your dog is a person. Like, wherever your dog ends up, like, to tell me my dog isn't a person is just crazy talk. Like, I just, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? It's like, yeah, someone uh, wearing a suit coming into my house to tell me, like, how I'm supposed to be. Yeah, to Mike, tell you, you what dude. you
1: saw was swamp <laughs> yeah. gas.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, reflection of Venus. <laughs> okay, so this is a good spot where I'm going to ask you this question. I always try to ask this question, and I, I'm interested to hear your answer, man. Um, George, what were you afraid of as a child? Um,
1: two big things I was afraid of as a kid. <laughs> One was uh, one sort of a, a two-parter, right? Which is to say um getting abducted by aliens and or getting black bagged by the government. Word, man. And Nothing to me, bad. like those were, so the thing, the thing, and it's not, it's not that I was always like, uh, always, always like on some shit like that, but that when I was like, I think I must have been like seven years old, eight years old. Uh, I watched that movie Cube. Are you familiar with this? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that movie scared me worse than I've ever been scared by any book, any movie, anything ever for the rest of my fucking life. It's
0: terrible. That was it.
1: That was the one. These people wake up in a cube. You know and there's like there's sort of like lip service and you watch the sequels and the sequel like to this day i can't get through cube i've seen cube 2 hypercube and cube zero a bunch of times but that original one there's just like so that sparks honestly like a ptsd response in me like a real fight or flight but so as a result of that it's like my my child brain was able to put together like okay this thing was created by men right because you have like the architect in the cube so it's not like this isn't supernatural and it's not Space aliens, this is this thing, right? And then the other thing too is that like the only people that have that kind of money or access is is the government. So that means that like there's this possibility that just existed in the back of my head that one day I would fall asleep and I would wake up as part of some experiment fucking program of some kind or another, and no one would ever know where I was, and there would never be any hope for me to be rescued because I would look out of this window and it's just the face of this cube down into infinity
0: man like
1: go ahead sorry and so that uh manifested itself as you know so it's like that that's the cube and that's scary and then that you know you combine that with uh like history channel alien abduction documentaries and stuff and it's it's a short leap to be like oh well i guess that could also happen to me with aliens
0: (laughs) right so what's fucked up is that I think that we are in the cube
1: <laughs> oh sure yeah the cube the cube another another great uh, metaphor through which to view uh the world right but I think um, like
0: uh, MK ultra is just like the the test run of whatever's going on now right like
1: um oh yeah totally I mean. You know, there's there's you wonder about like uh m k ultra project monarch um the abduction phenomenon like all of those things as uh just like these long term projects that have been happening and the stuff that that comes out about them is like almost always decades and decades old.
0: Yeah, and it's like, oh, they didn't find anything, so they stopped. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay.
1: You know, and it's like, well, I mean, you could just look at like stuff like Candy Jones or uh, the death of Nicholas Deke. <laughs> this is very fucking sus.
0: Oh, I don't know that one. Do you mind uh, enlightening me? Uh
1: yeah. So let me um readers, if you're if you're interested, there's a great article in Salon magazine, so like a you know, mainstream source called um the james bond and the killer bag lady that goes pretty deeply into this but uh basically there's this guy he's a financier nicholas deke who uh fled eastern europe and came to america and became like a pretty successful uh banker and the the public facing side of his business was uh they did like uh currency exchanges in airports and um like travelers checks and stuff so it's like big travel finance back when that was like a major hurdle that was like where they made a lot of their money but then off the books they also did a lot of payroll stuff for the CIA so like like managing uh like dark money and and paying out um you know assets and and Uh, informants and and funding for operations and things like that. Like they were sort of responsible for the money laundering for that. I think he was in the OSS originally anyway. um, So rumors start to surface that he might get uh, that he might blab a little bit. Like his, the other side of his business isn't doing as good. The CIA is moving away from uh, running money the way that they, that, that they were through him, uh, Iran Contra stuff is going to get out here. And so then uh this schizophrenic homeless woman named uh, Lois Lang, L-A-N-G,
0: huh.
1: um shows up at his office, uh, waits in the lobby for him. He shows up and she pulls out a gun. She shoots him twice and he dies <laughs> and like, just like a cursory look into her life, right? Like, so it's like, okay, uh, she went to Stanford developed, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> developed schizophrenia. Uh, right and, and, and some of these, some of these details might be, uh, a little bit wrong, but like I said, I encourage all the listeners go, go read that article by Mark Ames, James Bond and the killer bag lady, uh, to really get, and then it's like, so she's, she's, uh, schizophrenic. She loses her husband. She loses her job. She becomes like semi homeless, uh, gets arrested a couple of times, always has a good amount of cash on her, is receiving like free psychiatric care from two different MK related doctors. One of whom, uh, is, is later arrested in the nineties for, uh, keeping like a 16 year old boy holed up in a motel room trying to turn him into, like literally turn him into a mind control assassin. There's like a whole fucking uh, uh, lawsuit about this that he lost, <laughs> that Damn. this was the thing. And so she, like he was responsible for her, right? The other guy was responsible for her. And then she, so she just hops on a bus from, I wanna say like Boston down to Florida, meets up with two uh random Cuban expats and then goes up to New York to kill this guy. Come on! <laughs> wow, man, that one is really like to me, like even more so than the Candy Jones stuff. That story of Nicholas Deke is the one that that really like pilled me on this idea of like, okay, there is like, you know, and that and that's in the eighties, right?
0: Yeah, and well, so yeah. like. Yeah, I think you can use the internet to do it now. And like what we were talking about before. We're just totally, about. totally,
1: totally, totally. I mean, this yeah. whole, the whole thing of like, you know, the, the, this is, this is stuff where even the most mundane explanations, uh, are like, so unfathomably, uh, horrific and almost insane where it's like, so like you think about this idea of like the FBI like catfishing depressed Muslim pizza men to try and get them to go like shoot up a Walmart or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. And then like, yeah, 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 yeah. these Same things. Or, um, like, so you think about, about that and then it's like, that's like confirmed to just happen. And, yeah. and why were they like always the,
0: on their radar? You know, like the
1: most, well, it's like, like, but there's like, there's like specific ones. You can see, I think most of the evidence for, for a lot of this stuff comes from the times that they fail. Yeah. Um, like with this, with this pizza guy, they, they, they failed. And so they just uh, uh, ruined his life. And arrested him on a bunch of charges because they couldn't get him. He was like, I'm, I don't want to do terrorism, <laughs> you know, and they yeah. couldn't get him to cross over on it. And so it's like, like they're like, why, why the fuck was, <laughs> was the FBI trying to talk him into this anyway? You know, like the, those chat transcripts are like, are public and you can see they're like, they're not trying to get him to, to like, Join an, an existing cell to become an informant, or like you right. know, see if he knows anybody. They're like fully just like trying to radicalize, him on to do it, yeah, to yeah. become uh, uh, a jihadi, and he refuses. So they ruin his life, and so it's like the most charitable explanation for why the FBI would be doing shit like that is that they need to justify their own counterintelligence budgets.
0: Which is like the darkest one. War- war- it's so dark, <laughs> and that's so fucking bleak. To me. like that is yeah. that's like the real. That's like, worse than the other shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, it is because then it's just like it's just like this completely like mundane capitalist thing that they're like, like, uh, and I mean, in in a really twisted way, you can almost see it as like a fall from grace, where it's like, man, we used to have these guys carry out. Uh, political assassinations on on the behest of the the crypto Fourth Reich, right? And uh, <laughs> and now we're doing it just to to service lame dumb capital, right? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. But like, no, no, no. But then there's like like at least the the other uh, explanations for shit like that. Yeah, carry some kind of ideological undercurrent. And it's like, they're fighting for something horrific. They're fighting for the forces of Satan, but they're fighting for something that's not just like trying to make sure that we can still get the fancy pens (laughs) at the Quantico head office or whatever. Like, um, but I think that these things have like uh, advanced and streamlined and also like privatized so much.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: You know, like you think about like, uh, like the same within a year or two of them passing FOIA, they they pass uh, like Patriot Act and a bunch of other things that allow for uh, like private contractors to exist. And because those contractors exist in the private sphere, you can't FOIA them. And, like, right. that's where and why wouldn't they do that?
0: It almost makes you think FOIA over. is it almost makes you think FOIA was done for that reason. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, let's yeah, move yeah. it. And we'll, we'll make it look like we threw him a bone and then we get to, um, take this shit private.
1: Yeah. And then it's like, and so it's like, who fucking knows how that information gets, uh, you know, used. Cause like then when you make it private, you're also like inviting, uh, the corporate world onto the cutting edge of that shit.
0: Yeah, and that's when it goes, and that's when it becomes a global phenomenon too, like And that's when you start like looking at I don't know, like
1: my I I I have seen nothing to uh to like really support this, but it's it's my own pet theory that um uh stuff like TikTok and uh like Fortnite Yeah. And um I think shit like that is Built off of a a like data framework that was first built by uh, MK Ultra, like going private, yeah. and Operation Monarch going private, and then like this this uh like framework <coughs> uh, then could then be like extrapolated into. Like software, basically, yeah. uh, just for the purposes of of making a shit ton of money.
0: Yeah, right. And just harvesting data, which is same difference, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's the blood they couldn't figure out how to drink. You know, is is the data? So that's that's like sort of the like this is just what I was saying earlier. You know. Yeah,
0: I think that's what video they, games they have become. Do-
1: yeah, I mean, I say that as someone who loves video games. Me too.
0: I grew up with um, them. I love them, man. But there's something about the modern video games that do something to me that the old ones don't. So, like, that's why a lot of the times I play like classic stuff or some maybe some indie stuff. You know? Yeah, because yeah, like the and, modern yeah, the thing, UI, is, like,
1: I'm, I'm almost entirely in the in the indie space unless like FromSoft is putting out a new game because I just like hate like I don't have the patience to to do like the battle pass shit and god forbid if a game that has like a battle pass time suck type model is like has a gameplay loop that i'm really into right then i'm like fucked, you know yeah and it, like didn't <laughs> you know and like and and that's happening to like everybody <laughs> is the thing like you know it used to be like i played a fair amount of world of warcraft yeah uh when i was in school but like the one I guess the only other one that like really like hit me that hard was Diablo two.
0: Oh, I was big into Diablo as well. Diablo one. I and played two.
1: I mean I've put in more hours into Diablo two than I have any other game.
0: I was probably. an Ultima online guy back in the day. Like,
1: Ever. Oh wow. I played yeah. the Ultima the old Ultima games. Yeah, they're fun. Um just because there was I found this website that wasn't blocked by my school computers that had a bunch nice. of like old old dawson like text adventure games
0: i love those games man i love like yeah adventure games are great king's quest and things like that mm-hmm. those are high stakes man you get to put the wrong item somewhere and you gotta do the whole thing again too. yeah
1: yeah yeah the whole thing's over and you don't even it's know it's crazy it sometimes. how brutal the, yeah it's crazy <laughs> how brutal those those old adventure games are and, and uh, like you know i was playing them with the benefit of like i tried to to do most of them blind but i was playing them with the benefit of like there yeah. are strategy guides online. You can look now, up I a walkthrough if you really need it. Imagine trying to play some of those Sierra games in like nineteen ninety seven.
0: Some of those Sierra games, you walk around for hours before you realize you already broke the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, um and I think anyway. that's... and you know, this may be just a fancy way of me doing the old man thing and being like, video games just aren't the same anymore, man. When I was a kid, you could, you know what I mean. But, eh, at the same time i feel like it's just a lot of the times it's like um it's like willingly putting myself inside of a skinner box man i'm cubing myself
1: yeah oh no totally totally and it's like that's i think that's the thing or i guess the distinction you can make to make it like not an old man thing is that there's still a lot of like great indie games coming out yeah you know many of which i would say are like much more playable (laughs) than the older games they try to that they, like, take inspiration from, you yeah. know? Like, I don't know if you ever played the fucking Super Nintendo Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. Yeah, yeah. It is so fucking hard.
0: It's hard, man. It's it is crazy impossible. hard. It's, like, yeah.
1: almost impossible, you know? So, like, I love when indie developers, like, we're cloning this, but... Uh, you know, making it with all of the knowledge that we have now with video, like that, that shit is so cool to me. And that's coming out now, right? You know, and you've got like, but I think the key difference is that even the games that were hyper addictive, it was never like, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, your, your average person wasn't wasn't doing that and even like i like playing like halo online like I'll do yo i played a lot of halo online i had a lot of friends that played a lot of halo online but there was never uh like you had a lot of guys that were like average players that were into halo that weren't like you know you don't get this like like i read this article about fomo in video games interesting and how like there's like so many people that uh you know it's like i used to play like a lot of different video games but now it's like if i miss if i pay for a battle pass in Fortnite or whatever and i miss out on fucking three days worth of games then i'm like i'm quite literally not getting my money's worth because i paid for access to all these things that come from these events and it's like so like that model is so insidious and i just don't think it, it like that model hadn't been invented and i think that's like the key difference is that that model is like completely permeated uh the game space
0: interesting yeah i didn't even know about that stuff it's been a while man i've been out of the loop um i just totally I just, pulled back from games because i couldn't um dude i couldn't journey i couldn't go like my dreams would be infiltrated by this u- user interface man mm-hmm. yeah that's and, that's um,
1: that's real that's like really real
0: yeah and um but I'm just now kind of starting to play a little bit more, but I started playing like you know, like old RPGs, like I start playing Chrono Trigger again because I love that game, man. It's one of my favorites.
1: You know, I've never played Chrono Trigger, but I've sank hours and hours into listening to the soundtrack.
0: Dude, the soundtrack is so good. It's man. so good.
1: There's some it's really like, great covers too. Yeah, that and like Donkey Kong Country. Yes,
0: Donkey Kong Country has a great best, soundtrack. Those
1: man. those are the best. Yeah. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, it's like I don't know, and like how how mainstream video games have gotten, uh, I think is is uh, sort of worth examining. I mean, video games in general. This is sort of, uh, I think, by necessity, you're gonna have to go beyond the scope the scope of today's episode. But if you ever want to have me back yeah. sometime. Uh, Dude,
0: well, I would love to do
1: that with uh, to to talk about like the the metaphysic of of games and gaming. So many forms of divination started either started as games or became games.
0: Yes, yeah. you know,
1: like both tarot and Lenormand, both were were alternate uses for like a. a Cards meant for a specific game, right? Um, and then like on the on the converse, you have like uh you know the Ouija board, which yes. is like I get like a tiny shiver every time I like I'm like in Target and I'm yeah. surrounded by like you know uh, settlers of Catan and like fucking Minions Monopoly, <laughs> and there's just like. A, a very potentially dangerous device just like yeah. sitting like right there by milton but bradley like, yeah 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 but there's like a lot of um uh i think there's a lot that you can gain by by looking at games and and yeah. game mechanics in the way that uh narrative and by extension myth interface with gaming yeah I would love. I would. I would, I could easily do like three whole hours on that,
0: <laughs> dude. Let's do it. We'll do that. Um, yeah, because I'd like to go into that. I wanted to go back to something that. Oh, your fear. Oh yeah. So, so what happens when? Um, what happens when being black bagged by the government is the same thing as being abducted by aliens? What do you think about that?
1: <laughs> uh, well, so that was that was. Like when I, when I started like, uh, you know, like the, the, the book that really d- d- cracked it for me is, uh, uh, what is it? Prisoner of illusion by no, that's, is that what it's called? No prison. Prisoner of infinity by Jason Horsley. I haven't read it. Uh, that that the book is basically about the fact that getting black bagged by the government is the same thing as getting abducted by aliens. I'm gonna have
0: to add it to the list. I like him. Um, I've, heard, I've heard him on podcasts, but I've never read any of his stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, no no shade to him. I think he's a great thinker. Um, but there's there's a lot that I don't agree with. But I think that he
0: that's always gonna be the case. I think you know. I
1: yeah uh but the the sort of way that he lays out the u f o ology cosmology as it interfaces with like the the reality of deep politics i think is really uh really compelling and like instantly clicked to me because of those those two fears being so closely related to yeah. me as a kid you know and when you like, said
0: them, it just clicked off like oh shit
1: um but like those were like my two big and then like i guess vampires would probably be the other one
0: (laughs) another very uh yeah very point yeah vampires really scared the shit
1: out of me um
0: what was it about the vampires was it about being sucked dry or was it about becoming immortal there's something scary to me about being immortal but having no soul
1: for me it was the the I think again it was just like it was it was a piece of media that I got. You remember like uh Great Illustrated Classics? No. They're like uh they're they're basically like abridged and rewritten classic books made yeah. accessible to like a, a nine or ten year old kid. Okay. And there's like yeah, an I know I know one. what you're
0: talking about. I've probably seen some of them, but I just didn't Every know. Every other um, page. Yeah, yeah. I know what uh, you mean.
1: But so I, I read the, the one of those for Dracula
0: yeah I was obsessed and with vampires
1: at the rate at the rate that i read, I read about three quarters of the book on like i' had like a two hour bus ride home and they're really they're like really simple books you know uh but then i by the time I went to bed uh and I couldn't read anymore it was just a really suspenseful part, and that just wormed its way into my like that that feeling of fear like wormed its way into my head, and I would think all the time about like how would I ever know that someone's a vampire?
0: And that's Interesting. actually the
1: next the next time that you have uh uh Michael Simon on, uh, should have him talk about vampires if he hasn't already.
0: He talked a little bit about um like one of his first like memories or spiritual experiences being seeing like a picture of like a haunted uh vampire's mansion or castle or something like that. Yeah but I'll have to go deeper with him on that because um, that was like the first episode of this podcast. Um, I will. Um, that's interesting. The idea being that you don't know who is a vampire. That's very like the thing,
1: you know, well it's like, cause like I would never see, like I'd never see him uh, during the day, but as a child, like my, my time among the public at night is, is severely limited right right yeah so I'm like if I'm like going past a house like I just like that there could be a vampire like three blocks up from me I would never know you know and if it happened to me like I think all these these fears share the same core of like uh not being unrescuable or being unable to to be believed
0: mm.
1: you know yeah. so it would be like the type of thing where like you know, if I get, if I got sucked dry by a vampire, just no one would ever think that it's a vampire because people don't think vampires exist.
0: Right. And then, you then know, if you got abducted I get by, alien, by
1: the government, if I get abducted by aliens, there's no hope for me to ever be able to share that experience in a real way. You that's know?
0: a really interesting because right. Those experiences are all seen as illegitimate experiences. The government only wants the best for you. There are no aliens, and there are no vampires. Like, and so that, hmm, that experience itself makes you unknowable. Yeah, in 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 our in mainstream society, you know, obviously, like that's one of the reasons that this podcast exists, is so that to let people know that you are knowable. If you have that experience, like there are others who have had similar experiences. There are other like, and I'll go back to the idea of experience itself. Like this is the, like one of those spells that I'm trying to break. Right. Is that, um, if you got abducted by aliens, I don't care whether that happened in a physical sense or it was a, what you might call a spiritual experience or what science might call uh, a hallucination because your experience was the experience. You experienced it. It happened to you. And so I think this idea of like trying to qualify the experience is a spell that is put on us and that if we're able to break it, then we are able to access, uh, I'd say in the intro to this podcast, the farthest reaches of our experience. And share them.
1: Totally. Um, yeah, there's yeah, I think that it's it's like I I don't know, man. There's this is I guess my favorite thing to do. It's like there's this movie called uh The Gulf of Silence uh about this woman who makes uh like first contact basically uh with aliens, but she does it through uh, she gets like contracted by the government basically to work on this team that's like researching this and she makes first contact and uh, they're like, you got to be hush hush about it. And she's like, I can't. And so she's like, she quits and she writes a book and the way the movie ends, spoilers, but um, the way the movie ends is that like, she's just like going on the ufology circuit. And like, we know that her experience is real, but she's like, yeah, like I just like wrote this book and I go out and I talk to these other people and everyone thinks that it's like, what I'm saying is exactly the same as what they're saying.
0: Oh man. Yeah.
1: And it's like, and the thing is, is that like, that's, that's like the core truth of of the matter. Like in some way or another that has happened.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like truly.
0: Right. And so people end up getting like marginalized and kind of sequestered off into this like you know it's a an alternative scene right <laughs> like to say the least um yeah. there's a lot of disinfo surrounding that right because then you have people being sent into that same scene by whatever powers that be to make those people sound crazy by being yeah. one of them and being crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like that's, you know, it's like okay, so we've seen that it happens there. You know, I think a lot about things like the these, like some of the the more like governmentally minded conspiracies surrounding, uh, like Kurt Cobain's suicide.
0: Yeah, those are interesting.
1: You know, like there's like they're interesting to read, but it's like my 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 hunch on those is that it's like sort of the same thing. Oh yeah. They're sending like, if they do that with, with UFOs and ufology where they, their whole thing is that they just send people in to either trick people who experience something into believing that it's something else or to just like flood the market with the most insane, uh, like goofy science fiction shit to, to ensure that, you know, everything else has a, has a, uh, coat of dirt on it well that's right? what i then think like, trump is there's no way they're not doing that for
0: Dude, they're doing that in politics i think 100 that's what trump is because look at it now there you can't say fake news deep state um well, there's a couple oh, yeah. other ones yeah, yeah, yeah. without sure. sounding like a trump guy
1: yeah 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 the total, it's a total con- consolidation of yeah that stuff. i mean even just being like uh You know, I mean, thankfully, the, the, I think the Epstein suicide got enough coverage that people are taking that, uh, that, that, that is sort of, uh, like in the, in the, the JFK zone of like mainstream probability, right? Like that's now in the Overton window, but there were like years and years there where it was like, you know, you'd be like, why does it seem like all the elites are, are in a pedophile cult and people be like, Oh, what you pizza gate, right. Pizza gate guy, your QAnon guy. You're like, but I like, think that no, there's just
0: like, dude, I think the damage <laughs> stays done there. It's weird because like, I'll still talk to people who are, um, you know, just pretty even keel on the narrative stuff. Mainstream, uh, I guess would be a way to put it. Um, and they, they still can't grok it or they won't, And so it stays in this, like, like I said, the damage has been done. Like the cognitive dissonance maybe is so uncomfortable that they just won't entertain it at all. But regardless of what it is, they won't entertain it. So I think you're right. Like it is, it is, um, more, it's coming, becoming more acceptable. But I think that there are still like, um, like I said, there's just like free floating trauma about this shit.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the thing that's interesting to me is this like I mean, tie, tie everything home, uh, yeah. with this one. We'll see. But, um, just that like, okay, let's say, uh, you know, just, just talking, talking to a straw man here, I guess. Right. But like you're, like let's say you believe in God, right. Okay. Yeah. You believe in supernatural powers. Right. Uh, you believe that the power elite in the world do not have our best interests at heart. Right. Um, you think they're not utilizing the, 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 those spiritual forces in the world to do this. You think that like that, that, that that's not like a component of what's happening in that, you know, like, like, cause like, I think there's, there's a lot of people out there that, that be- believe in God or like believe in something. Right. And they, uh, uh, really and truly do believe in that. But then it's like, okay, if you believe in that, like, why would you believe that that's, that that's not being harnessed yeah. behind closed doors?
0: Yeah. That may be part of the fracturing of the schizophrenia that you're talking about, um, of that schizology right like the fracturing of the psyche that allows that to happen is what causes us to live in an insane society like or they're part and parcel of the same phenomenon
1: yeah totally oh, i just realized you can you can probably pick that up on my mic sorry about that no you're good um but yeah like that is that is like the the you know the the fund the fundamental break i guess uh the the apocalypse that you know we're now in this post apocalyptic narrative of is um having having a spiritual force inside of you living in a world that interacts with the spiritual world and then uh not being allowed or not having the tools to like like somewhere along the line right we lose the innate tool set to access and interface with those things right and the loss of those tools and uh uh or maybe even the 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 trade and knowledge right like if you want to get uh you know if you give up if you give up half of what you use to see for the not for knowledge right like if you give your your eye to the raven for knowledge then you're only you're only seeing half the shit right so it's like we 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 pluck our eyeball out and we we give it away and then we get this knowledge of of uh language and empire and all these things and what we're giving up is is depth perception is depth perception yeah exactly (laughs) exactly to be able to like go into the 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 deep and interface with those things. And so then we have to create, uh, systems and we have to test out these systems. We have to use this new tool set that we've gotten to recreate those tools so that we can interface for it. Because like, even though, even though we, we we're missing that, like there's, there's still that component inside of us and it yearns. Right.
0: I like that you've used this metaphor. This is good. Um, yeah, I, totally, man. I think, yeah. Um, and you can see that, oh, man, that's a really good point. Because, you know, like, take, for instance, like, our disconnection with our dead and just the practice of, like, um, of honoring the dead and um, venerating our ancestors. When you take away that tool, you have to replace it with something, and the thing that it gets replaced with, yeah, I think is like innately arconic the things that
1: we do to replace that interfacing, I think though like that that's what's inherently archonic, right is what you're trying yeah. to say, yeah, yeah, okay, I got all right, um, so like.
0: <sighs> So like, instead of, and I don't even know what replaces that man, to be honest with you, like, who do I venerate? Like, I think maybe if I am not venerating my ancestors, that I'm venerating celebrities, maybe, or people outside of myself or people that, um, that I've been, have been pushed into my face, uh, in order that I might venerate them. So I don't have, um as firm a uh, footing in where I came from. And I don't have as firm a footing in the life of my history or the, even the planet, you know, cause there's that there's a point at which back into my ancestry, those ancestors become just land spirits. Like the land itself is my ancestor because we come from it, you know, um, Yeah, and the stars as well. And so you can see that like this idea that, that I am connected to all that going back is cut. It's severed. And so my belief that it's severed leads to like, cause I don't think you can actually be separated from it unless you think you are right. But and I think so, go ahead. So that leads me oh, to look sorry. for all these. That leads me to look No, You're good. It, I'm just trying to think through this and explain myself. It leads me to, uh, Man, I think there's just like all kinds of things, man. Like initiation that's being um, sought in harmful places. Um, for me, it, tur- it showed up as addiction, imprisonment, you know, stuff like that. Um. Anyway, I may be on a tangent. I don't know.
1: Oh no, you're good. No, well, what I was gonna say is that it's like when you when you. uh just like more broadly, right? When you lose touch with a, with spiritual practice, then the yeah. thing that like that you're taught to venerate is basically uh yourself. Mm. In this idea of like and like not not even your whole self, but like the self the the uh the, the self that perceives like only only physically right and like when you like with, with what you're saying is like when you're when you're connected to things and you realize that 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 those connections um exist all the time right when you when you feel uh those moments of like you know we call them out of body experiences sometimes right yeah right and it's like you take that like totally literally and and this idea that like like the the thing the thing that is meant to be uh worshiped sort of in in this post apocalypse is uh your your physically embodied self and because you're your physically embodied self uh ceases to exist when your brain or your heart shuts off, right? Then there is, there is nothing else in this world that, that grounds you to anything else beyond, uh, just like a, like a like, and so, and I think that that's like, then that's what leads to the dissonance, right? Because you're the, the, the part of you that is connected is yearning. And the part of you that isn't can feel that yearning because it's a part of you, right? And you don't know where to where to to satisfy it. And that's and and you when you try to satisfy it, you you try to satisfy it through drugs. You try to satisfy it through um, uh, like making a a fuck ton of money, right? But yeah. You try to satisfy it through uh, like all of these all of these different things, and even if. You feel sated, you know, I feel like what what happens more often than not and maybe even what what happens in like the in the the, the sort of creation of these reptiles or whatever. Right. Is that eventually you you follow that that yearning in such a way where you, you do kill it. Yeah. You kill that thing that's inside of you or you, or you sever its attachment to your physical body. Right? right. And like that's, and then, and so that you no longer have to feel that.
0: This connection is, is the, what I was getting at. Right. And that can be, that can be attained through all manner of spiritual practices. Um The ancestor one is just the one that happens to be the best example for me personally, but it can be yeah, all no, kinds totally. of things
1: because like that's, that's the thing is that and like once you start uh going down those like once once you start listening to that yearning, right? You will learn really, really, really quickly what it does and doesn't actually want and what does and doesn't work for for that individual component, right? Yeah. Um and that's like uh because because you like because now it's like not only are you feeling it, but it's like Now you can, now you can listen to it and now you can see and feel these. I mean, that's like why, like, I'm, I don't know, I'm a, I think, I think everybody on earth should have some kind of, of spiritual practice in one way or another. Um, and, and to, to actually, uh, interrogate it and to, to think about, um, their own metaphysic. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Because. Uh, yeah, when you, when you don't, I feel like you're, you're, uh, best case, best case scenario, you're, you're sort of, you're cutting yourself off from, from something positive and like worst case scenario, you're opening yourself up to, uh, you know, like some form or another of demonic possession.
0: Well, and yeah, and I would say, and that form of demonic possession is, can be just as simple as, if I'm not working on my own metaphysics, I'm inviting someone else to do it for me. Or I become very vulnerable to someone else doing it for me.
1: Yeah, well, the dev- the devil and God are raging inside you, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that you brought it back to that, man. I've had a great time talking to you.
1: Yeah, this was a lot of fun.
0: Um, real quick, I do want to give you the opportunity to... Is there some... Uh, where can people find you, man? Where can people engage uh, with what you create?
1: So I'm, I, I don't really use social media. Uh, if, if you want to check out, uh, a film I directed, um, you can go to Thomas Wright Film, W R I G H T Film, uh, dot com. And, um, uh, it's, it's all on there. It's sort of like, a, uh, uh, like nature, nature documentary version of a found footage.
0: Nice
1: film. Um, otherwise, uh, you can follow me on Letterboxed. I'm on Letterboxed as hang on just one second. Let me pull up. Yeah. My, oh yeah. So I'm, I'm on letterboxd as J one W underscore G T P L or William Gibson's acronym collection. Nice. Um, yeah, so if, you, if you're uh, interested in seeing what I have to say about uh, movies um, or you're interested in watching uh, one of my movies, that would be uh, the place to do it.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Uh, yeah thank you for having me this is this is a real blast
0: dude i look forward to doing it again man we'll have to do that video game uh episode yeah for I, would, sure. I would
1: love i would love to do that um can find some cool guests for you for that too if you want oh hell yeah um sorry you want to you want to do the outro again there
0: no we're i mean we're right, you got it i'll make it work all right sweet <laughs> Do you experience weird shit? Do your parents not like to tell their friends about what you do in the woods? Do you make more friends in a graveyard than you do at a party populated by living humans? Do you have interactions with beings that are not strictly considered human? Do other people look at you like you're crazy when you mention talking to trees in casual conversation? If you fist-pumped or even just answered yes to any of these questions... You may be a nightbird. So let's sing together. If you'd like to come on the show and flap your gums with me, share your stories, or just talk about the malleable nature of reality for a while, then send me an email at tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. That's tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. I'd love to have you on the show. But until then, I gotta fly. But before I go, let me say this. Remember, you are never alone. I believe you.